0: Washington and the Port of Grays Harbor, Agritalk is proud to partner with United Soybean Port to focus on the infrastructure it takes to deliver U.S. soybeans and products around the world and how U.S. soybean farmers are making that happen.
1: Live from the Port of Grays Harbor via Farm Journal broadcast, this is Agritalk this morning, we'll begin with a conversation with Gary Nelson, the Executive Director at Port of Grays Harbor. Then it's Mac Marshall from the United Soybean Board, and later, Maryland the Soybean Farmer, Belinda Burrier. Directly following the news, Margie Echolkamp from The Scoop. I'm a handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. And now, welcome your beloved host on
0: location, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much, Davis. We landed yes. in Seattle yesterday, and you won't believe what was going on. It, what was it, going it on? Was ra- it, it was raining. Raining? Raining in Seattle. Can you believe it? Well, that but sounds like it Seattle stuff. stuff. Yeah, that- all, it, all it took was like three or four hours of me being in the area. The rain stopped. There's clear skies this morning. The stars were out when we walked in here. The sun is shining right now. I brought the drought out here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm. PNW
1: wow that's a that's an impressive climatological feat for the Pacific <laughs> Northwest if you can dry it up out there you might they might be making a statue of you bro
0: <laughs> you never know you never know no it is a beautiful morning out here in Aberdeen Washington and uh, at the port of Grays Harbor we are telling the story about how soybeans and soybean meal. Uh, make their way from the Midwest by rail across the mountains to the PNW, meet up with a vessel, and then are shipped for processing in Asia. And, and just as importantly, we are going to be talking about the role that U.S. soybean farmers play in supporting the infrastructure that makes it all happen. Dude, you every now and then, you know me, I get into a situation where I know very little about the situation that i'm in and I've it's never just known like that to be the case. no no not
1: at all
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is time to learn it is time to learn and that's what uh Excellent. we are going to be doing out here today so uh thank you and welcome to agri talk i'm chip that's davis yep. and again we are live at the port of grays harbor in aberdeen washington all right buddy let's get to the news what do you got
1: Yeah, the news is coming in big bites today, Chip. Let's begin here. President Joe Biden has arrived in Israel where he faces the challenging task of showing support for the United States' closest ally in the Middle East while also working to prevent the Israel-Hamas conflict from escalating further. Biden was warmly received by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, with whom he has had a long working relationship. During the trip, Biden was originally scheduled to travel to Jordan to meet with King Abdullah II, Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority and Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi. The meeting in Amman was canceled after a rocket struck a Gaza hospital, killing and injuring hundreds on Tuesdays. And Chip, both sides have blamed the other for the attack.
0: Right. Yeah. Escalation in a PR battle is probably top priority right now uh, for both sides after that hospital was was struck. So uh, just ugly, ugly happenings.
1: Well, oil prices experienced a rally triggered by that deadly explosion, which heightened tensions in the Middle East just ahead of President Biden's arrival in the region. WTI, that's your West Texas Intermediate, crude oil prices surged above 88 bucks a barrel following a flat closing on the previous day. Traders closely monitoring the situation as there is concern that the conflict could escalate beyond Gaza potentially jeopardizing the flow of crude oil. And Chip, it, it's not just the flow of crude oil that's potentially in right. jeopardy here. We talked with Josh Linville yesterday. Dude, fertilizer, chemicals, all sorts of things.
0: Yeah, yeah. WTI, the November contract, up more than a buck and a half this morning, 88.20. So uh, providing a little bit of support for soybean oil, but not a whole lot at this point.
1: The Biden administration is reportedly mulling a supplemental request to Congress for $100 billion that includes defense assistance for Israel and Ukraine the white house is also expected to ask for taiwan aid and a border security plan as part of this package chip i don't i don't like the way this is going we're just going to pile all of these needs in together uh with a with a bill for israel
0: yeah this uh, the the listeners that i have talked with about this concept davis Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have all expressed a lot of concern about it and said let's handle each situation individually rather than balking them all into one bill yeah
1: well in other news in the ongoing quest for the speaker of the house position within the republican party jim jordan faced significant challenges as he tried to win over skeptics within his party despite making progress by reducing the number of republicans who initially opposed him Jordan lost 20 Republicans on the House floor Tuesday during the speaker tally. The 20 Republicans who remained opposed to Jordan had various reasons, including resentment of aggressive tactics and lingering bitterness from the ongoing power struggle. Sounds like kindergarten,
0: doesn't it?
1: A lot. Of, yeah, it sounds a lot like kindergarten <laughs> fighting. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Joe Outlaw of Texas A&M on Tuesday said there's a lack of decision making and agreement among key decision makers in the farm bill, which is hindering progress. He expressed doubt that a farm bill will be passed this year, but remains somewhat optimistic about the possibility early next year. Stressing if it goes past February, it will confront presidential politics via primaries, yeah. etc.
0: That's why the length of a, of a farm bill extension is so important on. Mm determining just exactly what it's going to mean for the policies going forward.
1: We'll talk more about this chip at USDA says it will permanently include updated acreage estimates for wheat as well as corn yeah. soybeans and several other crops in its monthly U S crop production reports every August, which is earlier than in past years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks Davis. You bet. Let's bring in Margie Eccolkamp editor of the scoop. Good morning, Margie.
2: Good morning, Chip.
0: Okay. Cool things happening at Co-Alliance. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah. co the Indiana-based co-op. Actually, they are in the shadow of Indianapolis and the national FFA organization. And Co-Alliance has announced an initiative to bring in some of those FFA grads into the co-op because they've got a labor need, right? They are recognizing they've got some valued and talented team members that are looking toward the next phase of their life and retirement. So this spring... Co-Alliance is launching the SEED program, which stands for Securing Experience and Employee Employee Development. And they're going to have two high school graduates that were part of FFA and perhaps don't see college as the next step in their life. They're going to bring them into Co-Alliance and take them through the four divisions of their business plus a stint there at corporate headquarters so they have an opportunity to see all the facets of how the cooperative serves their communities and serves agriculture. And then after that, those seed participants have two years of employment co-alliance. Now, co-alliance isn't necessarily saying, hey, we're not going to invest in your education and training because they are. Those seed participants will receive financial and time support toward any accreditation or future training that they need. So for example, a drone license or their propane safety training, but a way to bring in new talent to the cooperative that they're recognizing that they need.
0: Very cool. That is awesome. Way to be working with the FFA on that. Thank you, Margie. Learn more about it at www.thedalyscoop.com. Agritalk is proud to be partnering with the United Soybean Board. We are talking bean shipments from the PNW live from Aberdeen, Washington. Up next, Gary Nelson, Director of the Port. The Scoop on Agritalk
1: is brought to you by tyrannis Moving the Acre Forward. Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com.
3: Every acre tells a story, but to hear it, you need the right tools. Tyrannus Acre Forward Intelligence turns leaf-level data into actionable insights. Read your fields from the palm of your hand. Make decisions with more certainty and speed than ever before and have a more informed discussion with your retailer to preserve your hard-earned farm legacy, season after season.
0: Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com. Who's in the plywood at stores nationwide?
3: You are. That's right, you. Today's soybean farmers, like you, are literally building demand for your soybeans. How? By pooling resources through the Soy Checkoff. The Soy Checkoff is working with product manufacturers to replace petroleum oil with your soybean oil. And that brings tangible returns back to your bottom line. See all the ways the Soy Checkoff is moving soy forward at unitedsoybean.org slash copper. Hey, Kate. So you think we've got tar spot? In that field east of the river, for sure. That's why I'd go with that Bravant Seeds Corn Hybrid. You got those soil test results? Yep. We'll want to increase your potash recommendation. Should I be using a pre emerge from Mares Tail? Absolutely. And soon. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
4: Nope. A hot dog is a hot dog.
3: If it matters in ag, your retailer knows it. That's why at Bravant Seeds, we work only with retailers. Find yours at bravant.com.
0: No doubt you've heard of MetLife, but did you know that MetLife Investment Management has over 100 years of ag lending experience? The MetLife Investment Management team maintains close relationships with its borrowers and can structure a customized loan with flexible terms to meet your financial needs. Looking to expand, refinance, or recapitalize? Consider MetLife Investment Management. Learn more at metlife.com forward slash ag.
1: Agritalk is brought to you by the Advanced Acre Rx program from Winfield United. To hear directly from farmers how Advanced Acre Rx helps you get the most out of your season, visit winfieldunited.com
0: AARX. Welcome back to Agritalk. Agritalk is partnering with the United Soybean Board to bring you all up to date on what's happening at the port of Grays Harbor and, and how the port is changing with the changing needs of the soybean industry we've got live coverage from Aberdeen Washington all day this morning and this afternoon here on Agritalk and joining us right now is Gary Nelson Gary is the executive director here at the port of Grays Harbor Gary it's great to meet you and thank you for such a warm welcome here to the port
5: well, could be happy to have, your, have you here this morning, Chip. It's uh, not often we get a celebrity from the Midwest <laughs> to come out and grace us and then take uh, credit for our weather. That's, uh,
0: <laughs> well, you know, hey, when you get the opportunity, you got to jump on it,
5: right? There you go.
0: I oh, love it. I love it. Um, I've seen a little bit of the port so far. We're going to get a, a much closer look yeah. between now and this afternoon when we're we've got you back on here, Gary. This morning, I want to learn about the history of the port. Just kind of give us a one-on-one update on what's happening here and and what the port is all about.
5: Sure. Um, We were formed in 1911, Mm -hmm. uh, so we're coming up on our 112th anniversary. Um, It was created to really provide a a public access to the shipping channels here. Uh, The timber barons and the railroad barons basically owned all the transportation corridors the State created public ports so that everybody could have access, yeah. Uh, primarily logs, lumber, um, wood pulp, chips. Um, that was primarily a lot of boat building in, in those days as okay. well. Um, that's how we got started,
0: yeah. Well, and timber's still a big part of the
5: operation. We still have logs, you'll see logs today when you yeah. go out in the yard. Uh, we still handle logs. It's yeah. still a, it's still a piece of what we do here. It's so, in our it's in our blood. What can I say? Well, yeah,
0: absolutely. What other companies? Uh, what what really is kind of the the lifeblood of the port up here?
5: Um, well, number one would be egg processing yeah. out of Omaha. They yeah. they are far away, our largest uh, tonnage customer. Uh, REG, who's also a, a Midwest-based uh, a subsidiary of Chevron, uh, has a biodiesel plant here. BWC, a liquid bulkhouse. Warehousing company. Um we've exported Chryslers to China. We have a wood chip <laughs> exporter. And uh, at Westport uh, is the largest uh largest seafood landing port in Washington and probably about the twelfth or thirteenth in the nation. Really? Um, yeah. A lot of seafood comes into Westport and then gets shipped out and delivered.
0: No kidding. Yeah. Well, and I saw you you mentioned the Chryslers. I saw some of the aerial photos from days right? gone by. There was a lot of vehicles that moved through this port of yeah, one time. Yeah, about
5: ten years, we, we were we actually for a few years were the largest exporter on the West Coast, mainly because everybody else focused on the inbound. Yeah, <laughs> and again, we found a niche with the outbound, and yes. that's and it's kind of like the soy meal. We found a niche in the soy meal. Um, everybody else was focused on whole grains at the time. And uh, so it, with AGP as a partner, we've established kind of a niche in the meal market.
0: Okay, tell me more about that. AGP, How does that product get here?
5: Comes all by rail. Yep. Um <laughs> And you know, we started out in 2003 uh, with a hot operation, meaning, The trains rolled in, they dumped and went right on the vessel. Um, And when there's a snowstorm in Montana and you're waiting, the vessel's waiting on cargo, uh, rain, obviously we have to work around that. But we've gotten better over the last 20 years about managing all of those. uh, At the time, we just didn't know what to do. But we've worked through it and had a really uh, efficient operation now.
0: Yeah, a lot of product makes its its way through that AGP facility here. Most of it is meal, and where is it going?
5: Um, just about everywhere except for China. China yep. is a big buyer of beans, yep. obviously. Um, and so the Philippines is our single largest market, uh, AGP's market from here. Uh, but all throughout Southeast Asia, I think we have one going to New Zealand or Japan this month. You know, So we, we get a few of those, but the big volume goes primarily to Southeast Asia.
0: All right. Location, location, location. Right, Gary. <laughs> I mean that—that's a big part of the advantage of coming, of bringing that product out to the sure. bnw
5: Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I, I saw your question about what's what brings people here, and it's really the location. Um, we're an hour and a half from Blue Water for open water, which is the closest port um, the, uh, on the west coast, and it, to get in and out on a, in a real quick fashion. Um, and then we got rail, so it's kind of the, the, the rail, the maritime, uh, we have the facilities, um, all here and they kind of lined up and it's been a great partnership.
0: Very cool. One of the first that we checked in here last night, one of the first things I saw was the mission statement yep. over here on the wall. Yes. Talk to me about that.
5: Um, you know, it's amazing how that still uh, resounds today. I think that was developed in the mid nineties, but facilitate, enhance, and stimu- stimulate a national trade. Economic development, tourism for the better of the region. It, it pretty well yeah. sums up everything we do. Um, we're a we're a countywide port. So mm-hmm. we provide uh, marina, boat launches, viewing towers, kind of our tourism. We have an RV park in East, you know, so we do that. But the biggest thing we do is provide access to the international markets. Right,
0: right. What does the port mean to the economy in, in Grays Harbor County?
5: Um, people, you know, good or bad, people look at the port as kind of the economic indicator, a bellwether, if you will, yeah, for the local economy. If they come by and they see there's lock, they feel good about what's going on, and you know, if we have a dry spell, you know, it's kind of a, a bellwether for yeah what's going on. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the AGP, but there's is there four loading facilities or five?
5: Uh, actually, uh. <laughs> We have four okay. and five burrs.
0: Four and five burrs. Yeah. Okay. You talked about the seafood. What else goes out of the port?
5: Um, obviously canola canola oil comes in. Okay. But out goes uh biodiesel, gets shipped out. We're, you know, being a small community, um, there's not a lot that comes in here because if that goes into Seattle or Portland or the the so yeah. we, we're a rural port. So most of what we I mean, eighty five percent of what we do is outbound. Got uh, there's not much inbound, but, uh, you know, we've done autos, uh, biodiesel, wood chips, uh, logs. We've also, uh, we do military movements occasionally. Okay. Uh, usually always outbound.
0: Okay. You know, when, when I think about a port facility, Gary, I think, well, once you get the thing up and running a little bit of maintenance here and there, and you just bring the boats in and load them and everything goes out, what are the challenges that you have to deal with on a regular basis?
5: Wow, (laughs) that's a loaded loaded question. Um, It it is incredibly complex. You know, I've been in it for uh, nearly 40 years. Um, My deputy, Leonard Barnes, has been similarly in the the industry. So a lot of we deal with it, you just don't think about it. But just the whole, really, we're facilitators. We make sure labor, vessel, trains, uh, ship agents, customers, there's so many different people. The tugboats, you got to have tugboats to bring them in and out. You know, make sure that all lines up and happens in a timely fashion. We're really committed to adding value to our uh, customers, which are usually U.S.-based shippers, Uh, and that's what we focus on, is trying to find a a niche there that can add value and make them competitive in the international markets.
0: Yeah. How much area does it cover?
5: Uh, The main marine terminal here, um, I guess the marine terminal, we probably have close to 500 acres, I'm going to say, but uh, wide, we're probably, uh, God, probably over 3000 acres. Really? We have a business park, uh, probably too dark, but, um, the Satsup business park in East, uh, County is a, a former, uh, nuclear site that was never commissioned. And we, it's a business park, but it's about 1800 acres uh, and probably 1200 acres of that is forest. And that's where our college does their forestry, uh, education, up there very cool and truck driving they also have truck drivers cdl yeah. classes up there
0: yeah very cool well it just takes so much space to stage
5: product doesn't it yeah you gotta have lay down yeah
0: yeah, yeah. help me understand how busy the port of grays harbor is i it, how does it compare to some of the ports down in, in new orleans
5: <laughs> not even close yeah. um we, we, we're um you know, on a tonnage basis, we're probably in the top export tonnage, probably in the top 60. Uh, we don't handle chemicals or petroleum products, which is a large part of the tonnage down right. in the Gulf, uh, particularly on the Mississippi. Um, we handle, we don't handle whole grains. Well, we could, but we don't. We right. typically um, focus on meals. So we're kind of limited to that. So, um, But we've grown. When I first came here, I think we had, one year we had eight vessels, that's all. And now we're doing this year. We'll probably do close to ninety. Um, really, most of those are um, AGP. Yeah, but uh, and they're looking to expand out.
0: You said it. We're going to go see where that expansion is going to take place. Yep. And when we come back and have a conversation this afternoon, we'll talk about that expansion and what it will mean for soybean meal. I said at the start of the show that that the port is changing with the changing needs of the soy industry and and Boy, the expansion at AGP over there is going to be a big chunk of that. Gary, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again this afternoon.
5: Sounds good. All right, that
0: is Gary Nelson. He is the executive director here at the Port of Grays Harbor. Coming up next, Mac Marshall, VP Market Intelligence for USB.
3: Advanced Acre Rx from Winfield United is the full-season agronomic prescription program that's got farmers talking. Providing extra protection through a service warranty. Making yields more uniform over time. The Advanced Acre Rx program is turning risk into reward. To hear what farmers have to say, visit winfieldunited.com AARX. Agreement is required and conditions, restrictions, and service fees applied. Percentage goals for the APH crop yield range from 95 to 105% for corn and 95 to 100% for soybeans. Due to factors outside of Winfield United's control, results to be obtained cannot be predicted or guaranteed by Winfield United. Results may vary.
0: Time for Markets Now with the
3: experts from Pro Farmer.
0: Joining us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady-B. Uh, outside of soybeans and soybean oil, we've got some strength in the grains today. What's going on?
6: Yeah. So uh, more of the corrected buying that, uh, um, you know, in the corn and, and wheat markets. So uh, they've, they pulled back earlier in the week. And, and so we're getting a, a little bit of a round of corrected buying here at uh, mid-morning. Um, you know, the outside markets are, are just a mixed bag today. The dollar's higher, uh, which should be limiting uh, buyer interest, especially in the grains. Um, but so is crude oil. It's higher as, as well. And, and The stock market's under pressure. So uh, kind of those outside influences are are getting a mixed tone here through the morning in in the grain and soy markets.
0: Yeah, it feels like the outside markets are having a bit more of an influence once we got past that production report and the, the WASDI update, isn't it?
6: Yeah. And a lot of geopolitical stuff still going yeah. on in the Middle East, obviously, and uncertainty there. And, and uh, you know, I, I think the one thing, though, is that we're seeing soy oil. It's under pressure here at mid-morning and the crude oil market's trading sharply to the upside. So that's kind of going counter to, to what the outside markets would be telling us. And that pressure on soy oil is, is weighing on soybeans.
0: All right. Take us over to the livestock trade. What's happening?
6: Well, pretty quiet in the uh, cattle market, Uh, a little bit of a firmer tone in in live cattle futures. uh, Waiting uh, is the big thing there. We're waiting on the uh, cash cattle trade to develop for the week, waiting on Uh, friday afternoons cattle on feed report and and just kind of really quiet trade with a slight upside bias about the opposites the happening in feeder cattle with a slight downside bias and then hog futures got a narrowly mixed tone uh, a little bit firmer in the winter month contracts on some corrective buying and weaker in some of the deferred contracts all
0: right brian thank you so much that is pro farmer editor brian grady
6: on markets
0: now
7: Scammers often try to dupe veterans to steal the VA benefits they've earned. Scammers may try to obtain sensitive information or collect payments over the phone, offer to move assets in order to qualify for pension, insist benefits may be sent directly to a friend or caregiver, or promise to manage benefits or file a claim for you. VA will never charge you for processing a claim, and only VA can determine eligibility. To report suspicious activity, visit va.gov forward slash OIG forward slash hotline.
4: Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy.
2: Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And is the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
1: Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. When news breaks, the news makers talk about it on Agritalk with Chip Flory.
0: Mac, I don't want you to take anything from that bump music, okay? Don't take anything from it at all. It's all good, dude. Welcome back to Agritalk. We are partnering with the United Soybean Board you bring you some perspective and some information on how usb and uh, uh us soybean farmers are working to put product out there around the world and and into that asian market in particular through the pnw and joining us right now is mac marshall vp market intelligence for the united soybean board Mac, it's good to talk with you, man. How are you? I'm
7: great, ship And even better that we're getting to do this face-to-face. Yeah. You know? like yeah. This is this is a rare treat. I'm really excited.
0: Exactly. Uh, you've been out here before. I have. I
7: have. You know, we were joking. I'm not. This what am I going to see? Well, you're going to see a staging ground for, you know, a very important part of this transformation that's uh, being undertaken across the soybean industry here. Yeah. What we're going to see is something that is truly going to be catalytic for soy demand and helping bringing value back to farmers here through the expansion of the Port of Grace Harbor. We've got yeah. a lot more meal coming online in the next couple of years, and we'll dig into that, I'm sure. Yeah, And, and you know, for all of that to work collectively in the marketplace, we've got to, you know, expand our ability uh, through our export channels. And that's exactly what's going on yeah. here. So seeing that capacity growth
0: okay, exciting. Okay. Usually, when you and I are talking, we're talking about the supply and demand balance sheets. Okay, and 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 we spent a lot of time on the demand side of that balance sheet. In particular, I want to talk about developing the demand side of that balance sheet. What is USB doing? Because as you mentioned, we've we it's a dynamic industry right now. It's going to be changing. What is USB doing to build up that foreign market for meal?
7: Absolutely. But I think to answer that question about building things out for foreign markets, we got to go through the kind of the whole complex here, how it all fits together. Right. So let's let's rewind almost three years when we started seeing this push for renewable diesel expansion in the United States and using biobased feedstocks like soybean oil to produce renewable diesel, decarbonize the economy. That's led to this fundamental shift in how the market views soybean oil. And now you have all these new entrants coming in um, to expand crush to produce more oil rather than meal, which has yeah. traditionally been the value driver. And that first piece, when you had the announcements of renewable diesel expansion, that's exciting, but you don't start with soy in the field and then magically have a renewable fuel. There's a lot right. of things that need to be de next in the middle. And the first thing is that crush expansion. Okay, then we have those waves of expansion. Well, that begets another question. Now we're gonna have all this more meal. Well, what happens with that? Well, in the US, we have the benefit of a really strong animal ag industry as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got great efficiency in production of, of chickens and beef yep. and, and, and and hogs, of course. But we also have to think about our foreign markets. Yes. When you look at the volume and the scale of the crush that's coming online, the 30% increase in uh, production capacity for meal and oil in the crush plants, that's that's great. We're likely going to see a greater growth in that demand on the oil side. Right. But on the meal side, we have to think about, you know, how we're expanding markets there. And that is, you know, really a, a multi-fold approach. Certainly, we're continuing to advance, um, you know, marketing in uh, in the domestic market. Right. We've got a lot of, uh, I think, you know, good work out there that's showing the improvement that soy meal can have uh, in higher concentrations in swine diets in particular. Yep. That's definitely a key initiative. But we have to look at the markets overseas. Right. Like, we're here, you know, at the very far west part of the United States, you know, we're close to Southeast yep. Asia. Those are the markets where you've got growing population, you've got burgeoning aquaculture, burgeoning terrestrial, animal ag, and all that needs soy meal to support it. And, you know, there are markets out there like Vietnam or Indonesia, for example, yep. that are large soybean meal importers. The Philippines is, our, is actually our largest export destination for soy meal. Yeah. But you know, those other countries are sourcing primarily from Argentina. That's historically been, you know, on, on the merits of a cost basis. But right. now as we're producing more meal, as we're having this infrastructure improvement, as we're scaling up capacity for export in in the Port of Grace Harbor, that leads to greater economies of scale, efficiencies of transportation, cost reduction likely um, yep. makes us more competitive on an international basis. So, you know, it, it's kind of... Uh, I think adding a little more economic incentive to buyers globally who are seeing through the work of our teams at at USEC, the Soybean Export Council, of the added advantages that U.S. origin soy meal has in terms of sustainability profile uh, as well as quality. But, you know, that doesn't always tip things over the edge. That helps grow the demand and preference. Right. But economics are going to matter in this as well. And this expansion directly addresses the economics. It addresses the economics for end users, which helps grow demand. But it also has an impact on basis here in the United States. Historically underserved areas, you know, can now rail meal out here. Yep. And farmers are not taking that hit on basis back in the growing region. So it's it's very exciting. And
0: you look at that crush capacity where so much of it is coming on up in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota with the expansion, some in Nebraska. It's all set up with the idea that that meal is going to leave the country. It's going it, to get on a train and come out here and go through that AGP facility.
7: What, what I think is so beautiful about all of this, I mean, I always like to talk about the versatility of the story. Right. Involved. Involved. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's well, you know, not, not to not to age myself too much, but I'm a huge fan of the show, The A-Team. And, you know, it's <laughs> called the great Hannibal Smith you got to love it when a plan comes together that does feel (laughs) like what's unfolding here. Right. Yeah. Like I I, I like the congruency of the whole bean, right. Where you've got the meal and the oil kind of collectively working together. And that's always been the story. Now we've got the oil side driving the crush expansion, creating new market opportunities for soybean meal and users in the animal ag space, both domestically and abroad. So it it really is all coming together.
0: Okay. Mac real quick here, because a lot of the, the listeners Know what the United Soybean Board is, what it does, but there are some listeners out there that may not be involved in agriculture Naturally. that are thinking to themselves, "Where in the heck is all this coming from? How how is USB working to help in this whole process?" Tell us about USB, what it is, what it and what it does,
7: sir. First, uh, you know, high level USB is a farmer led organization. We are the United Soybean Board, the National Soy checkoff and our remit here is we have 77 farmer directors who each year are tasked with you know the very you know mission critical assignment of establishing what they're going to be investing farmer dollars in to best set up the industry for the future yeah now this uh expansion here in the port of grace Harbor is you know not going to be complete until what 2026 but the investment towards it now is incredibly Mm -hmm. important so that when it does come online um that channel is already open for for helping meet growing demand globally. Now, I do think it's important to recognize that in the checkoff, by law, we can't invest in physical infrastructure. We don't actually invest in steel in the ground. We don't pay for that. But there is a lot of other work that has to go on before you even get to construction. So, you know, whether it's the dredging of the Lower Mississippi River is kind of an initial project that started some years back. $2 $2 million investment helps unlock literally hundreds of million dollars in federal funding and state funding to get that project done. So it's a similar That's model. That's a good
0: return right and there. I, I
7: would say so. <laughs> I would say so. And I think it's important too because it demonstrates soy taking a leadership position as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you heard from Gary earlier. Yes, soy meal is a critical export out of the port of Grays Harbor, but it's not the only export. And there's also inboard, inbound importation mm-hmm. as well. So when soy has a role, it's actually... Extending beyond its its nearby role in the globe in, in the, the domestic yeah. economy and, and, and broadening out beyond that. And I'd be remiss if I didn't point out a recent study that we conducted with the National Oil Processor Association on the economic value and contribution of the soybean industry to the U.S. economy. It's over one hundred and twenty four billion dollars a Maybe. year. Absolutely staggering. Yeah. And so, um you know, USB, what we're doing in conjunction with a number of the state uh, soy checkoffs as well is. You know, it's similar. It's helping work on, uh, you know, the pre-construction site design and everything. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, permitting, et cetera, to help enable getting this done.
0: Okay. We covered a lot of ground there. We're going to have, we're going to talk again this afternoon, but without this kind of effort, it could leave the balance sheet for soybean meal looking pretty ugly within the next four or five years
7: hypothetically let's say you don't have this expansion let's say that our meal exports you know are basically capped at where they are and by the way the industry is already evolving i should note that you know we just completed the soy meal marketing year set a new record yeah 12 and a half million metric tons um that's the market moving and adjusting and saying hey we're going to need more and more of this expanded export capacity because that's growing um so you know that's uh yeah, that's that's definitely critical.
0: Oh yeah, it's happening. And and when we say that it's happening, you know, I, I I think some in the market are growing a little um uh just tired of waiting for the crush capacity to come on. It's almost like some of them thought we were just gonna snap our fingers and and a crush plant was gonna go up and we were gonna start crushing more beans. Yeah. It does. I mean, one of my
7: favorite sayings is the best time to plant the tree is 30 years ago, but the next best time is today. Well, guess what? The industry has been, you know, to continue that metaphor, has been planting trees over the last couple of years in terms of, you know, figuring out the financing, figuring out the sites, figuring out the logistics of how all this is going to come together. And it does take time, right? You don't get a crush plant overnight and you don't get an export facility overnight. You don't get a renewable diesel, you know, facility in production overnight, All of this takes time, but it is starting to truly catalyze and galvanize. And I think over the next couple of years, as we continue to grow preference for U.S. soy, you know, internationally and and stateside, um, we're going to be in a great position, Yeah, I think, because the whole industry is collectively rowing in the same
0: direction. September NOPA crush showed us some good things. I'm
7: glad you brought that up because that was on my mind, too, right? Um, That. That shows that the industry is adjusting. I mean, that's yep. what record September crush. It, it blew even the 2020 figure out of the water, which yep. is when we're starting to see, you know, crush really start to come online Um, uh, in terms of scaling up. Yeah. Mass utilization. So,
0: yeah, time of transition all in a good way. And this round is different because there is a lot of money available yet to be invested in that crush capacity. Because when you're talking about big oil getting involved with the refineries, it changes the equation. Mac, we're going to talk more this afternoon. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you. Looking forward to it. You bet. That is Mac Marshall, VP Market Intelligence for USB. Belinda Burrier from Maryland, up next.
1: This is Andrew McCray, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside, as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in our industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends for grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations, or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com.
6: What is dedication? My biggest fear
1: in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly
6: believe that if if they can think it, they can do it. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the US Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
7: If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA.
4: There's never been a better time to apply.
2: Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors.
4: No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash pact to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come to VA.
3: Who's in the plywood at stores nationwide? You are. That's right, you. Today's soybean farmers, like you, are literally building demand for your soybeans. How? By pooling resources through the Soy Checkoff. The Soy Checkoff is working with product manufacturers to replace petroleum oil with your soybean oil. And that brings tangible returns back to your bottom line. See all the ways the Soy Checkoff is moving soy forward at unitedsoybean.org copper.
1: At Simplot Grower Solutions, success starts with seed. For each field condition, climate, and agronomic management style, your local Simplot Grower Solutions crop advisor can help you select and provide the seed that enables you to plant a strong foundation for the growing season. Our team of seed experts are committed to your success and will offer the support you need to optimize your yield potential. Contact your local crop advisor now
6: for your best seed opportunity or visit SimplotGrowerSolutions.com for more information. In farming, you don't do anything halfway, because putting in half the effort yields only half the reward. Protivate Nutritional Seed Enhancer from Coke
0: Agronomic Services is a dual purpose solution that gives young crops critical nutrients for early uniform emergence, plus seed circulation and flowability. And with multiple formulations, you'll find the right fit. Plant smarter with Protivate. To get started, contact your Coke Agronomic Services representative or local ag retailer, or visit getgreatergrowth.com.
2: The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. Mom's early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. And when I left the oven on, we decided together that it was time to see a doctor and make a plan. Early detection gave us more time to seek out information and support as a family. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
6: Your next piece of equipment is on machinerypeat.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for only on
0: machinerypeat.com. Welcome back to Agritalk. We are partnering with the United Soybean Board to bring you all up to date on what's happening at the Port of Grays Harbor and how the port is changing with the changing needs of the soybean industry. And one person that's very key in identifying those changing needs, not only of the industry, but of the port facilities and so on, uh, Belinda Burrier. Belinda is a Maryland soybean farmer and USB director. She is the Priority Area Coordinator for Infrastructure and Connectivity. That's a mouthful, Belinda. <laughs> Congratulations. It sure
4: is. Thank you.
0: It's quite the responsibility right there. We'll get into that here in a in a moment. Here you are, clear across the country. Uh, let's go back across the country. Tell us about your operation.
4: Well, my husband and I are family farmers. We have an, one helper, my nephew, Jesse, and... Uh, we grow corn, wheat, soybeans, and hay, and that's uh, pretty much it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your market? Uh, where Where do most of your, your product go?
4: Our soybeans go to Purdue. We raise a lot of Hyo okay. Lake soybeans, so okay. it goes to Purdue for the crush, and then the meal goes to their chickens.
0: Yeah, Hyo Lake. Man, there was a time there where I thought that was just going to be, you know, that was going to become the the standard product out there. We're not quite there yet, but I think there's still chance for that.
4: There is still a chance for it. Uh, uh, the market is incredible as far as snack food industry yeah. goes for the higher lake soybeans and we're positioned fantastically right there. Hanover, York areas, big time yeah. snack foods.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. The priority area coordinator for infrastructure and connectivity at USB. What does that mean? What does that entail?
4: Well, uh, <laughs> it's a mouthful for sure. Infrastructure is not only rails, river, uh, air, the whole works, but it's also connectivity is a big issue as far as farmers go. We need to uh, build on our connectivity. Uh, we have spotty connectivity at our north of Washington, D.C., so, you know, it's an issue, and we need to address it. And uh, uh, rail, roads, rail, and river, we're – We're definitely on onto that for infrastructure.
0: Okay. All right. So you are responsible for representing the views and the perspectives of a a lot of farmers out there. And from that farmer's perspective, talk to me about the importance of infrastructure and, and just the role that it plays in the overall marketplace.
4: Well, without infrastructure, we can't move our product. And we like to be very reliable on getting... From the farm out to the ports and to our end con- consumer, so uh, farmers rely heavily on infrastructure. And uh, hopefully, uh, with this Port of graze having a direct route going to Southeast Asia and and points beyond, it looks like that we can we can definitely fill that market and be a reliable supplier.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're going to go out and take a look at it here in just a little bit. But doubling capacity, whoo, that's a big big deal, isn't it?
4: It sure is. And uh, uh, we were here earlier, the executive committee here in Mm -hmm. June, and uh, to see this facility and the amount of product that goes through here, the meal is, it's a great market to have an outlet for.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the markets, we talked about it a little bit with Mac, but developing those markets, those overseas markets, the Asian markets, talk to me about that process.
4: So USB is partners with USEC. uh, Yep. U.S. soy uh, export and uh, they're also partners with Wish so Wish goes in there and works on developing new markets as far as uh, um, helping on the fish production and what have you through the different countries across uh, Southeast Asia and and other developing er uh, countries so we go in there, we develop these new markets, and then USEC continues to develop it also. And USB, we're all just like intertwined yeah. here. And, and it's it's the way to go and have great partners like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, as I understand it, I've not been on one of the trips in into Asia. But as I understand it, you get in there and you help them identify the most efficient way of, of using US protein to most efficiently create protein. For the for consumers, right?
4: Exactly, and uh, if they have an issue on how to how to develop their feed or or um, to feed their yeah. animals, they just we we teach uh, and uh, uh, develop anything that they have a, a roadblock with. So it's really a great process.
0: Right, right. And wish the world initiative for soy in human health. It's that whole education process to help them understand exactly what what U.S. soybeans can do for their their health.
4: Exactly. So it really has created a huge market for over five hundred fifteen thousand growers across the United States.
0: Isn't that amazing? Isn't amazing? All right, talk to me a little bit more about the the kind of return that soybean growers get from their checkoff dollars because. I I don't think they mind contributing as long as there's a positive return and there certainly is.
4: Exactly. So so the return is $12.34 for each dollar yeah. invested. I mean, it's I ought- can't I can't even get investments like that uh, on my yeah. own privately. So it's like, yay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. Like I said, it's audited. It, it's audited annually. It, it it has to be proven that there's a positive return.
4: Exactly. And I look forward to the next amount. I'm sure it's going to increase because air uh, markets have increased. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. the only
0: way is up. And it's only helping the U.S. market become more competitive overseas. The more efficiently that we can move product over there, the more product we're going to move.
4: Exactly exactly and to be reliable and help on food security i mean that's the name of the game
0: oh it certainly is certainly is what are you looking forward to we're gonna get a tour
4: i'm looking forward to seeing the railheads and uh loading those ships i mean this should be really fantastic and it's a great day Uh, you brought some good weather (laughs) see
0: i told you big apple (laughs) all right thank you so much boy you're welcome appreciate it all right thank you so much for listening this morning Come back this afternoon because we're going to be right here in Aberdeen, Washington, learning more about how USB is partnering with the Port of Grays Harbor, you know, to kind of grease the skids to move U.S. soybeans and bean meal into Asia. Tomorrow morning, Davis is going to hop on the College Roadshow, and he's headed to Kansas State University. But like I said, boy, come back this afternoon. We're going to talk about the expansion that's happening out here at ATP and the meal that's going to be moving. Live from Grays Harbor in Aberdeen, this is agriculture.
1: When it comes to combines, capacity and costs keep going up. So if you aren't the largest farm in the county, how do you achieve the high harvesting efficiency of the big operations while still keeping costs in check? Start by checking out the Claas Trion 740. The latest Claas combine delivers high reliability, low maintenance, gentle threshing, and surprising efficiency. The Claas Trion 740. Learn more at Claas.com.
2: Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Kelly Clarkson, and as the daughter of a school teacher, I know just how important education is. No matter how old you are or your situation, continuing to learn will enrich your life and help remove barriers you didn't even know were there. So much opportunity, y'all. Whether it's a foreign language, history, or a different way to look at things, take some time each day to learn something new. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force.